0: Welcome back to the Complete Health Reward podcast. And in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about fitness trackers and how it could help you or hinder you on your health and well-being journey. We're joined today by Head Coach Stacey and Transformation Coaches, John and Chris. Here's a quick snippet of what to expect in our podcast today, and then we'll get into the main body. When I speak to most people about what they use their watches for, it tends to be, I use it to track my steps. And especially with like an Apple Watch, for example, when there's so much functionality on there, there's so much you could do with it, but we're just using it to tell the time and track our steps. I think we're, we're missing you know, a big part of the puzzle there. So today we're here to talk about smartwatches. Which one's the best one? What you can do with them, how accurate they are, and the role that they can play in your health and fitness journey. So we've got the team together today and we're going to be sharing a few of these questions, getting some personal experiences and also some accurate advice for you to move forwards with. So team, I think the first big question we get asked about smartwatches and tech is which one's the best one and which one should I buy?
1: I suppose it depends what your main focus is with, with getting the device, you know, they each have their strengths. Aura Ring, for example, which I know John and Chris both have, is excellent for sleep. I think that's one of the main focuses for it. Like, it does track other things as well, but quality-wise of sleep tracking, it's, it's very, very up there. Um, the watches are great because they give you steps and things like that. They give you a resting heart rate. Know people often will get notifications and things through them as well. So a lot of people like that it's a multi-device. It does other things as well. Um, I find the chest straps to be good for if you want to focus on actual heart rate while you're training. So I know for me, my watch is an older one, so it's not as accurate with working heart rate, whereas the chest straps are, and I think all this also the newer higher end watches are. Um so yeah, a lot of it I think depends on what you most want out of the
0: device. I, I think with um so many of our members that are, you know, dentists or doctors and they're not allowed to wear watches for so, you know, so many uh, different reasons. Um that's where we'd probably go for the ring, right? The oral ring because it's subtle, you can still wear it, it's not impact your day to day. Um, whereas obviously some, you know, you, you're probably not going to walk around 24 seven with a chest strap on because it might get uncomfortable it might get a bit sweaty and you might not be able to sleep with it. So I think that's a really valid point. Like, what do you want to use it for? What data are you trying to extract from it? And that will probably, you know, lean towards which one do we need to buy really. Um, obviously there's a big range in prices too. So I think one question that we could have even started with is, is it worth it? Is it worth investing in a smartwatch or smart tech?
2: Depends really, it depends what you want to get out of it. Um, if you are someone who really enjoys it. I think for a coach, it's, it's brilliant if, if uh, you know if we have as much data as possible, but you know it, it kind of depends on your budget and what you want to get out of it. If you're going to go for a low, low end kind of device, you got to realize the data is probably not going to be 100% accurate, but that's not the end of the world because you'll, you'll have a good idea of where you're trending in, in the long run. Um, I think. The the Oura ring is is pretty expensive, but it's it's, um, it's probably one of the best devices on the market at the moment. Um, like Stacey said, with with sleep, but um, if you can't afford that, then you know go for, for an Apple Watch, Fitbit, Samsung Watch, wh- whatever kind of works for you, um, and and in your price range, you know anything's better than than, than nothing. Just know that the price range is going to have an effect on the data that you get from these devices.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I know somebody asked me this, well, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, do I need to go and get one? And we said, well, actually, if you wanted to, you could go and get a 4.99 pedometer off Amazon and walk around with that and get your steps. Um, you can use the camera lens on your phone to track your resting heart rate, get a really good idea of those sorts of numbers. Again, it just puts you in the ballpark. And I think for most of us, we're not really aware of the numbers that we should be tracking for health. But even our blood pressure, that's probably a 20 pound device that a lot of people won't have in their household, but that could save your life. So I think it's really important to know that, yes, these metrics matter for coaches. It gives us a really good idea of where your physiology is right now, which will then drive your physical programming. And I think that could be a really powerful thing too. Um, But yeah, 100%, there's different ways to pull this data together and it depends on on budget. Um, Just on this kind of thought process around you know the validity of this data how accurate are they
2: a lot of the technology nowadays is just getting better and better so accuracy is improving sort of with every iteration that these companies bring out so a lot of them now are pretty much you know on the money if you're buying hiring stuff um the big thing is to not get too caught up with kind of the numbers necessarily in a day-to-day context but kind of zooming out and seeing that bigger picture you know where is the data trending Because they're not going to be spot on every single time uh, and depending on the day and your circumstances you know you're going to get quite a lot of um sort of readings that could be excessively high or low so being able to just look at that trend and see where it's going rather than where you on a day-to-day basis is going to be a lot more accurate um long term when you are thinking about your journey
0: so this is really interesting because i know a lot of people will look at these devices now for like you know recoverability and hiv and those numbers and there's been a lot of noise about this over the last two to three years. Should those numbers really direct how you approach your day or approach your workouts or maybe adapt?
2: Yes and no. Um, I think a lot of, like myself, when I first um, got on the I was I was kind of obsessed with the data. I'd wake up and see, oh, my HRV's not in a good place. Whereas resting I had a really bad night's sleep. So, you know, I'm not really gonna push myself in the gym when in reality, you can push yourself. it's it's good to have this data for a long period of time so if you are in a bad place with your hrv resting heart rate and your sleep's always poor for like two weeks continuously then then that's important but if it's just an odd day or an odd couple of days don't allow allow that to affect your performance at least within the gym and, and everything else um if it does a good thing to do is just check it at the end of the day rather than at the um at the start of the day um that that helped me at least
0: yeah, and I, I think, again, looking at similar to what Chris said there about zooming out, looking at the trends, look at those numbers over a period of time. But if you've just started a journey with your health and your well-being, you probably don't know what good is and you probably don't know what bad is. So it's really important, especially early on when you see these numbers flying at you, not to make a, a snap judgment of what you need to do next and panic and like you said, not put the effort in the gym because you're worried that your HRV was low that day. So I think that's a really interesting concept. In fact, when I speak to most people about what they use their watches for, it tends to be I use it to track my steps. And especially with like an Apple Watch, for example, when there's so much functionality on that, there, there's so much you could do with it, but we're just using it to tell the time and track our steps. I think we're, we're missing you know a big part of the puzzle there. Like we look at heart rate quite a bit. So when we're looking at the numbers and the metrics, especially when we start to build somebody's program, we're looking at heart rate. Another question that I was asking a few people yesterday is, do you know what a good heart rate is? So could we give people a bit of an idea of what a, an optimal heart rate might be, um, just so that they can start to look at their numbers and you know, kind of ballpark where they should be versus where they are right now? I mean, to
1: follow the same of this chat, it depends. <laughs> um, uh, and it depends on you know a couple of other factors, but as a general rule, like if you could get your heart rate into the fifties, that's pretty fantastic. If you're someone who has a lot of endurance running goal, uh, endurance sport goals, then maybe you want to try to get the high forties. If you're someone who is a little bit older, if you're someone who's a very high stress person, then maybe you just want to try for low sixties. Um, but I think the important thing is to consider your start point too. You know, so if you're coming into your fitness journey with a resting heart rate of eighty five, looking at getting to the fifties is probably something that seems quite daunting to you. So maybe initially it's like okay. I'm just going to focus on getting to the 70s first. And then I'm just going to focus to the 60s, like set yourself those little checkpoints. But I think for most people, if you can aim to get around the 50s, then it's a a pretty good ballpark figure.
0: Yeah, especially I think most of the people we work with, they're not aiming to be like crazy physique athletes or um, anything too extreme on the endurance front. Most of our clients just want to feel better, look better, you know, sleep better, feel less stressed, and I think there, we're looking at those kind of numbers around the 50s. But again, don't panic. If you look at your heart, your heart rate right now, and it's in its 70s, you might have had a cup of coffee. You might have had a very stressful day. You might not have had any daylight like today. You might not have gone for a walk. You might not have done any de-stressing. You might have had a poor sleep. So there's so many different elements that will play into these numbers. Again, think about what we've talked about today. Trends is really important, not just one-off days. Another thing that really comes up from obviously these Fitbits and smartwatches is a lot of people focusing a lot of time on calorie burn and calorie burn during exercises. How do we feel about that?
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan for a lot of people because I think it's something that people can easily become fixated on. And especially if we're trying to get them to do resistance exercise, they can become fixated on the calorie output at the expense of the quality of their movement. So I think it it can be a valuable metric at times, you know, like I'm working with a couple of cyclists and it's valuable to know the calorie output on a big ride. Or like for me, when I do a kickboxing session, it's valuable to know roughly what my output is so I can factor that in for my week. But if you're looking at it as the sole metric for whether you've had a good or bad session, then you're missing a lot.
2: Yeah, don't take that number with, you know, take it with a pinch of salt, don't don't use that number and say, okay, now I can have this amount of food because so I've burned this amount of, of you know, calories, because it's not going you know, it to really work that way.
0: And we know that some of these devices actually link to, say like MyFitnessPal, and that's probably one of the most popular um, food tracking apps, and then we know that also skews the, the numbers that MyFitnessPal will tell you to eat, right? So if we do a really intense workout and it's connected to my phone, you will see it tells you to eat more food back. So if you're in a journey where you're trying to lose a bit of weight or body fat, and then you're eating all the food back that you've just burnt, let's say, through exercise, and again, that's ballpark figures, that's not 100% accurate, you could be massively overeaten on days. And I think that's really important to, uh, to consider. On the flip side of that, We've got clients, like Stacey said, that are really keen cyclists that will really push themselves to an extreme. Uh, we've got clients that do a lot of uh, hiking, rock climbing, quite, you know, quite intense, intense activities. And we need to sometimes be aware of how intense they are so we can build the approach of nutrition through the course of the week to ensure that they feel recovered on the back of it. So at some points, we do need to factor this information in, but I think the, the key here is to be able to hand this over to an expert be able to teach you this is what you need to do with your individual data and this is how you can adapt and how you can manage it i think that's a really powerful kind of short and sweet clip on smartwatches today if you do have any questions on the back of it feel free to reach out and we're more than happy to guide you if you enjoyed today's episode and you took value from what we shared please subscribe to the podcast review it leave a comment and rate it If it's left you with a few questions that you'd like to answer, feel free to reach out to me on at the Indian Body Coach on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, or of course, by emailing me at juggy at thecompletehealthrewire.com. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm incredibly grateful. And until next time, have a powerful week.